turn and ask the grace and power and inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Lord, we give you permission to do what you desire. Pray that you would allow us to be fertile soil, Lord, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, today and all days, illuminate these scriptures, these great mysteries for us. Reveal your faith. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Who wants to be Jesus' disciple? Huh? Sounds pretty exciting in today's gospel. You know, all fun and games there. Um, this is a portion we've been going through the last few weeks, a portion of St. Luke's gospel where there's just some, some difficult passages about following Christ and speaking about the reality of, of the cost, right, the cost of discipleship. We spoke uh, the last few weeks that it is a demanding path to follow Jesus, but one also that brings us great joy uh, and ultimately opens up the doors of heaven. We need to kind of look at today's passage a, a little bit more closely, right? Because what, what is Jesus saying? You can't, you can't follow me unless you hate your family. You know, you hate your mom and your dad and your brothers and your sisters and kids and all this. And maybe some of you are like, hey, I'm in, right? Jesus, I'm all in. You are Lord, right? You know, but, but in sincerity, he's like, what does he mean by that? And in, in times we need to understand that Jesus speaks hyperbolically, right? He's, to prove a point, he stresses something. And, and we see in other contexts, because like any good teacher, right? Any good teacher doesn't just say something once say it multiple times. When they say it, it's not phrased exactly the same every time that they say it. And so Jesus elsewhere is saying in St. Matthew's gospel, we hear him saying, unless you love me more than you love your mother and father and all of these. And that, this is the point of it, that Jesus has to be first. And love of him has to be before all things. Even the most intimate relationships that we have. And this is a big deal. We talked about this a few weeks ago. It's a big deal for us as folks in South Louisiana, but it's an even bigger deal for first century Jews. Like to say, <clears throat> to love someone more than I love my mom and dad, like they knew the law, right? They knew the Jewish scriptures. And so what Jesus is saying, he's, he's making a claim. There's only one person that you love more than your parents if you're a good Jew. And that is God. There's only one person. Because honor your father and mother is one of the Ten Commandments, but above that commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your mind, all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. And so what Jesus is saying when he's saying this, like the crowds are following him right now. This is a key context. The crowds are following him. They're like, Man, this dude is a good preacher. He fed us the miraculous loaves and the fish. I saw him cure a blind man. This is pretty cool. I'm following him. 
And there's this, this notion like, oh, he's a prophet or he's a spiritual guru. And this is what a lot of people want to say about Jesus today. Like, oh, Jesus was a, a really great guy. He's a good prophet. A lot of spiritual truths there. Well, Jesus turns to them. He turns to them. And what he's saying here, like, unless you love me more than all of these other folks, you can't be my disciple. What he's saying is that I am God. Like, I'm the Lord in the flesh. And so to be my disciple is not just to like some of my teachings. It's not just to think that I'm a cool guy. It's not just to want to be around me. But it's to say that I am the Lord. Like, Jesus is the Lord. Because if someone is just, if Jesus is just like a spiritual guru, if he's just a nice prophet or an, or an important teacher, then like any good teacher or any good guru, then I can take whatever I like from their teachings and what I don't, I can pass aside, right? I can, I can mix and match there. You know, last night um, at the LSU football game, you know, we got Steve Insminger there and we're bringing in Joe Brady and like they're not all one or the other. They're, they're partnering there, right? The offense is something that's a combination. But Jesus is like, hey, there's, there's no combos here. There's no take some or leave some. Like I'm the Lord. If you're going to follow me, him first. And then he keeps on going, right? He's passing along through this. And so that's the question for us. Like, do I believe that? And am I living my life that way? Or am I, and it's an easy, subtle temptation for all of us, am I treating Jesus more like a nice spiritual guru? And I'm taking like, well, these things that the Lord says are, are cool, and that's, that's easy for me. And these, but these other things are pretty darn difficult. So, so I, I don't know if I can step into that. I don't know if I can live in that place. And in, and in some way, then, Jesus is not completely Lord of our life. And as he's saying, hey, follow me, he also says this, that last line. Like, Unless you renounce everything, then you can't be my disciple. Man. All right, so anybody who wants to be all in for Jesus, just leave your stuff in the hall here, like whatever, right, you know, like whole deal, your shoes, all of it, like just gone. It's kind of crazy. Again, what is he saying? He needs to be first. There's a detachment, right, from clinging on to all things, even if they're good, if they're not the Lord. I want to I I walk through something from the history of the church, right? We understand how the, the saints and, and the church has interpreted what Jesus is saying and lived this for a long time. It's important for us. And this is from St. Ignatius, and it's called his principle and foundation. So a lot of people talk about Ignatian spirituality and Ignatian spiritual exercises, and he's known as one of the, like, the spiritual father of the church. But he had this principle and foundation that says, okay, if we're gonna, if we're gonna walk the path of following Jesus, then here's what you boil it all down to. Like, here's the foundational thing. And he says this. The human person is created to praise, reverence, and serve our God and Lord, and by doing so, to save his or her soul. Right? So the, the foundational movement of our life, the foundational movement in our life is to praise, reverence, and serve God, and in doing so, to save our soul. He says, all other things on the face of the earth are created for human beings in order to help them 
pursue this end for which we're created. So everything in this world is a gift given to us by God so that we could praise him, love him, serve him, and in the midst of that, right, receive the gift of salvation. And so he says, because if this is the, if this is the foundation, then this is what follows from it. That one must use created things insofar as they help one to our end and free oneself from them insofar as they are obstacles to one's end. See, all the things that we have been given are to be used to help us to serve, praise, worship, and reverence our God in the salvation of our soul. And however they are, whether it's a, a pot of gumbo or money or that oak tree out there or my car, my clothes, whatever these things are, like that's how I should use them to help me move in this one fundamental direction is to the Lord. And in the ways in which they pull me from that, then, then I need to let them go. And he says, to this end, we need to make ourselves indifferent to all created things. Provided the matter is subject to our free choice and there is no other prohibition, right? Like some things we don't get to choose. I mean, the Lord gave you some, some children, you don't get to give them away. You got to keep them, right? You got to love them. You got to do all these things. He says, thus, as far as we concern, we should not want. And here, here's, here's where it gets like, whoa, now, whoa, now, time out, St. Ignatius. He says, as far as we concern, we should not want health more than illness. We should not want wealth more than poverty, fame more than disgrace, a long life more than a short one. And similarly, for all the rest, we should desire and choose only what helps us more towards the end in which we are created. Whew. Man. Right? We shouldn't want at this end, like, whatever it is, if, if my heart and mind and soul is life is directed towards serving, reverencing, worship, praise of God and the salvation of my soul, then, then nothing else should be a preference to that. And so if, like, I shouldn't want health more than illness or wealth more than poverty. Now, what St. Ignatius is not saying is don't go to the doctor, don't take care of yourself, you know, spend your money like nobody's business. I mean, that's not what he's saying. He's not saying that at all. What he's saying is that every decision that we make needs to be made in light of following, serving, worshiping, reverencing the Lord, and going to heaven and bringing other people with us. Everything. Everything. And so if we're looking at our health, right, if we're looking at our health, and it's a decision that, because in medical practice today, right, we can do a lot of things that we used to not be able to do. But just because we can do something doesn't mean that we should do something. Just because we can doesn't mean we should. And so if I'm going to make a decision, right, if I'm proposed with making a decision, whatever it be, because there's a million different things out there that are really, really, really hard. And I don't say this flippantly or light, right? We have to prefer following the Lord, and sometimes our own preferences want to go in the other direction. For, and again, I don't, this is not like a flippant thing. It's like serious life stuff, whether it be infertility, crisis pregnancy, whether it's the end of life issues, or we don't even have to talk about medical things. We're talking about serving the poor, 
or immigration or national security or whatever all these things are, right? Like, I need to place my preferences, my desires, and again, man, things that touch me to the core, to the core. I need to lay them at the feet of Jesus. You know, my political preferences, whether I lean to the Republicans or the Democrats or all these things, that, like, that's, that's not what should drive my decisions on public policy, but the gospel. But the gospel my relationships with other people, all of these things, what I like, what I don't want, you know, I mean, my, my marriage is not going so well, and I'm, I got really strongly attracted, I have a connection with this person, or all these things, you know, well, like, this is the promise that I've made. What is the Lord asking of me? What is the Lord asking of me? I should prefer that, I prefer Him, even when it's hard. Even when it's difficult. This is, this is what Jesus is saying. And ultimately, this gives us life. Gives us life here, even when it's painful. He says, take up my cross daily. That's, that's something that we hear a lot. And, it's, and again, it's a real thing, like maybe the pain and suffering that I have on a daily basis. But for the people that Jesus are talking to, that means, hey, you're going to be publicly crucified. <laughs> like that's what the cross meant when Jesus was talking about. And so he's inviting us, he's inviting us in this moment that as we're following him like this crowd, as we're following him like this crowd. And we're like, man, Jesus is really, really cool. But then he's saying, hey, but for me to be Lord is not always fun. Like I'm going to bring you to everlasting life. I'm going to give you peace and joy and fulfillment like you've never known. But it also means that, that I have to be Lord of all things. So today, as we approach this altar, let us thank the Lord for the times when following him is free and beautiful and easy. And let us pray for the grace and the strength and the perseverance that when it's difficult to prefer Christ to all things, that we persevere in his strength. Because ultimately, it is what is good for us. And it is what will bring us the lasting peace and joy. And so I invite you this week, you can Google St. Ignatius's principle and foundation. There's a million different translations of it. Try to find one that's, that's as accurate to the original Spanish. And if you know Spanish, then more power to you. It's going to be the most accurate thing that's out there because that's what he wrote it in. Um, but, but pray with that and wrestle with it, right? Wrestle with like, hey, man, I don't want to be sick. I don't want to be poor. <laughs> What is that? But Lord, I want to love you above all things, so I'm never going to make a decision. I'm never going to make a decision that's not in communion with how you want me to live, even if it means persevering through some difficulty in my life. And we can't do that on our own, only by the power and grace of the Lord. So today we receive the Eucharist as the fulfillment of God's promise that he will be with us in all ways and in all times and in all places. Lord Jesus, we pray for the grace to know you and to love you, that our hearts may be drawn, Lord, that you would reveal your face to us, that our hearts may be drawn to follow you even when it's difficult.